0: I want to welcome everyone listening to us on the King's Cast. want need to turn in your Bible please to the book of Jeremiah, a very favourite verse coming to you now. I really believe that something of the Word of God is about to be uh, released here. And maybe there'll be a few people for whom this will be a very pivotal few minutes that God might speak to you, remind you of something maybe you already know. But I, I smell manna in the house. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, very, very popular promise of the Lord that may be on your fridge or underlined in your Bible. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. (laughs) It's funny that sometimes we don't know them. God does not promise that we will know the plans. Did you notice that? But he says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Lord, I pray that your word will now be released in the name of Jesus and by the power Of the Spirit of God. Lord, you are here today. I sense you very strongly coming with with your lips to speak among us. And so we pray the prayer of Samuel the prophet. Speak, O Lord. Your servants are listening. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The title of my message this morning is The Departure Lounge. At the time of recording this, the country is full of snow and I'm not sure I really want to be in a departure lounge now. But it's certainly true that a whole lot of people showed up yesterday and the day before to go on a journey. They had it already in their mind, when they were going to arrive, they sat in restaurants, in pubs, in family circles, and they said, oh, uh, we leave at 8, and we get to uh, New York, we get there at, uh, you know, 4 in the afternoon. Or, uh, no, we leave at such a time, and we arrive in Italy at, uh, at uh, just after 10 in the morning. They had it all worked out, their their plan. And sometimes things don't go to plan. As some people right now sitting in Heathrow or Gatwick or wherever are finding out. And this is what the Lord would say to you today as well. That some things have not gone according to your plan. But the plan is still on. And sometimes what we think will occur is not what does occur. And we could think, uh, uh, somehow it hasn't worked out. God has, uh, we'd never speak of it like this, but God has failed me or God has not come through. And in fact, all that's happened was that you misunderstood, maybe not the journey and maybe not even the destination, but you misunderstood how long it would take you to get there. You understand? And you find yourself in the departure lounge <laughs> When you thought you'd be halfway on the journey by now. The things the Spirit of God spoke to you many years ago. Things you've written down. Things that you've treasured in your heart. Oh, be sure. Sometimes we make mistakes. Be sure of that. Sometimes we hear things we want to hear. Sometimes we take promises that we just want to see happen. And God may not have been specifically in them. But there are others listening to me here, listening to me online. This message is going to go all around the world who had plans in their heart. They've not come to pass and you're still in the departure lounge. I want to tell you today by the Spirit of God, your plane will be lifting off. You will be going. And don't be dismayed at the fact that you haven't gone anywhere just yet. Because many of the things in God's economy of time are so much longer than we would like. While God has many plans for our lives, we read that, it's biblical for there to be often a long pregnancy period. If you become pregnant, you tell people... I'm going to have a baby. No one says to you the following week, well, where is it? Because we know it takes time. Listen, I've done some Googling. I've done some Googling about this. And By Googling, I mean internet. I don't mean looking. Do you know how long it takes? If an elephant gets pregnant today, do you know how long it's going to take before a little elephant pops out? 22 months. So don't, you be wor- don't you be telling me, oh, it's nine months, it's awful. <laughs> Not that I'd know. Okay, it is tough. Sometimes the bigger the baby, the longer the pregnancy. And sometimes the reason why things haven't come to pass is because they're big. So it takes a bit longer. The pie needs a bit longer to cook. Because it's a big pie. God's plans are big. And it's quite biblical for there to be a long pregnancy. I.e., God speaks to you about something. You're impregnated, if you like. And the next day, you think, Oh, it's it's God's spoken. It's going to happen now. But it hasn't happened. And some of you may be at the point of thinking, well, maybe I should just throw that dream in. Well, maybe you shouldn't throw the dream in, but maybe you should understand the Bible better, which is that actually many things take a long time to come to pass. I've thought of a few examples. Moses. There's no doubt that Moses is one of the great leaders of the whole Bible, but he was 40 years in the desert. No No one knew he was there. I don't mean the 40 years wandering. I mean the 40 years between he was 40 and 80. And who would have believed that the greatest thing that would ever happen to you would be when you were 80? Because we tended to classify the sphere of our lives of, you know, really movers, you know, the movers and shakers are all in their 30s, 40s, maybe 50s now. But actually in God's economy, the biggest thing Moses had to do was when he was 80. And let me just throw this in for free. It was Moses who wrote in Psalm 90 that he would live for three score years and ten. Moses wrote that, I'm going to live three score years and ten. Seventy years. But his life hadn't even begun until he was 80. How wrong he was. Moses had a long pregnancy. Joseph waited 13 years to see his dream come to pass. Oh, I know, you've all seen the show. It takes about 20 minutes in the show. But you read the Bible, it took 13 years. The time he saw the the sun and the moon and and the, the, the sheaves of corn bowing down... Thirteen years later, and one jail sentence later, and two kidnaps, he found himself seeing the fulfillment. God can talk to you about something today that could find its fulfillment very easily in 2023. Easily, no problem, because that's quite a short one. For God. Other characters. Samuel. I love this because the very first chapters of the book of Samuel. I think it's chapter 3. God speaks to the young boy. He can hear from God all right. He's fine. His ability to hear from God is fine. Because God speaks to him. He's just a young lad. I couldn't tell you how old he was. But he's called a boy. So you put whatever figure you want on that. But it's not until he's 30 years old. That his ministry to Israel begins. So that's something like 20 years. Maybe maybe much longer than that. How many of you would wait for 20 years for God's word to come to pass? Well, maybe you need to because maybe that's what God's going to do. A couple of others. David. The anointing of God was on him. God foreknew King David, of course. And he fought with the lion and the bear. He even fought with Goliath. But even that didn't take him to the throne. It would be years after before that would happen. And if you ever wanted to, some encouragement, Jesus himself, who lived in virtual obscurity for 30 years. When the angel appeared to Mary and to Joseph and gave them those revelations, he's going to be the savior. At one point the angel says to Mary, He's going to pierce your own heart, i.e. you're going to be broken hearted over him. That didn't happen for something like 33 years. So the simple introduction I want to bring to you is that God speaks to us and then the pregnancy begins. Very often. And while you sit in departure lounge, wondering, is it ever going to happen? But part of God's economy is time. Because he's cooking something. You know who he's cooking? He's cooking you. And he's cooking your character. And he's getting you ready. I want to ask a question today. What should we do while we're in the departure lounge? That's what we want to know. It's it's one thing to say, oh, well, sometimes things take a while. But actually something's required of us while we're waiting. I want to say that again because it's the key of what I want to say. Something is required of us while we are waiting. And certain conditions kick in that if, sometimes if we don't fulfill them, we are going to stay in the departure lounge for a long time. Here's a few ideas. Number one. The fulfillment of prophecy is not automatic, so get yourself prepared and ready. In Jeremiah chapter 18 and verse 9 and 10, God says something like this. He says, if I promise to bless you, but then you uh, disobey me, then the blessing I promised you will not come to pass. And it it works the other way around too, because in Isaiah 38, verses 1 to 6, Hezekiah is told by the prophet Isaiah, he's going to die. Isaiah walks in, and Hezekiah wants a good word, and Isaiah says to him, you know, put your house in order, you're going to die. It's not a great word. If I'd gone to the prophetic conference, I might have wanted my money back on that one. Put your house in order, you're going to die. And then as he's walking out of the palace, Hezekiah, he puts his face to the floor. He says, oh God, have mercy on me. And God then speaks to the prophet. Hang on. You told him he was going to die. He's not going to die now. What do you mean he's not going to die now? He's put his face to the floor. He's repented. Go and tell him. He's going to have many more years of life. You imagine being Isaiah the prophet. It wasn't fun at all. Just about again on his donkey. Oh, Lord, thank you for giving me the strength to tell the king he was going to die. Then the spirit says to him, actually, can you go back in there now, tell him he's going to live? you imagine Isaiah going through, Lord, are you serious this time? But God was serious both times. What had happened is the guy's heart had changed. And I've said this many times, but let me just say it again in case you had not heard it. I think many times Christians bring their ideas about fate into their um, Christian life. I love it when people lose a game show or lose the X Factor or something. They say, well, what will be will be. It wasn't meant to be. Well, it's a nice philosophy. It makes us feel a bit better. But it's not exactly a Bible philosophy. The Bible says this, if you will obey God, you will be fruitful. And if you don't obey God, you won't be. There's no fate really in that. So much of it is about, are we on our face or not? So much of it is about, are we obedient or not? Jonah's another character. Jonah chapter 3 walks into the center of Nineveh. This city is going to be destroyed. And then it isn't. Because the people change their hearts. You see, prophecy uh, swings on our heart. You might have all sorts of things written down. But it's not automatically fulfilled. And anyone who's taught you that has taught you wrong. Because in the Bible, many times, God's will is not done. That's why we're to pray, may your will be done. Do you believe it was the will of God for Samson to end up the way he ended up? No, sir. Was it the will of God that Samson, the judge, should be crushed under a temple? No, sir. That wasn't God's will. That was his folly. So number one, what should we do while we're in the departure lounge? We should Get ourselves ready. If God's called you to go to another country, learn the language. If God's called you to preach the word, then you better you better study the word. Right? If God's called you to win souls for Christ, then get doing it. Start making all your mistakes. Start breaking through those, those barriers of fear. Many times when a prophetic word comes to us, it's an invitation to us to arise to do it. Not wait for it. But arise to begin to do it. So we need to get ourselves ready. We need to make sure our heart is good. I'll come on to that a bit more in a moment. Number two. While you're waiting for your dream to come true. You should be very, very eager to bless the dreams of others. Long before David was king of Israel. He served Saul. And in 1 Samuel 18 verse 5, it says that he served him so well that he got himself promoted and everything Saul asked him to do, he did. Everything that was required of David as a servant, not a king, but as a servant, he did. Before he was king, he served the king. He made the dreams of someone else come true. Joseph is the easy example of this because in his uh, imprisonment, there he is. He's had a, Joseph has had a dream. Old Testament Joseph, I mean now. Because the New Testament one had more dreams than the Old Testament one. But I just throw that in for free. The Old Testament Joseph was waiting for his dream to come to pass. But while he waited. Two other men. Sitting in jail with him. The butler. The baker. Right? They shared their dream. And he helped them with their dreams. Do you know why he could have just as easily said to them. Don't you tell me nothing about dreams mate. I'm here in jail. I'm waiting. My dream hasn't come true. No, 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 no. If we're going to see our dream come to pass, then it must all begin with service. It must all begin with service, humility, servanthood. Before I ever expected anyone to sit and listen to me preach, I made sure that I had straightened the chair. It's all about serving. and, And you never stop serving, by the way. You're not serving as a kind of an apprenticeship, and then as soon as your dream comes true, you stop serving. We're always serving to the day we go to be with the great servant. So, what do we do in the departure lounge? Well, Check that we're ready. Get ourselves prepared. Well, God's told me I'm going to marry a beautiful boy. It hasn't happened yet. Well, you be sure you're a beautiful girl. I, I love it when uh, someone says, I, I, don't know whoever, I don't know who I'm going to marry. I, I just want them to be a really good Christian. And my first question is always to say, well, are you a really good Christian? Come on. Because a really good Christian doesn't want to marry a bad Christian. So we have to get ourselves ready. If God's spoken to you about doing something, get yourself ready to do it. As much as you can. As much as you can. Number two, be sure you're a servant. I'm sure you are getting behind someone who is in their moment of fulfillment. Number three, keep a good heart and a right spirit. God blesses those who obey him. God blesses the pure in heart. Listen, you don't have to be perfect for God to use you. I know that better than any of you know that. You don't have to be uh, uh, have sinless perfection before the power of the Holy Spirit can be flowing through your life. I know that better than any of you know. Of course, God uses the flawed. All the time, aren't you glad of that? But you know, it's good to keep the vessel clean. It's good to keep the vessel clean and it's good to have a right spirit. It's good to have a right spirit. I've seen people awaiting the fulfillment of God's destiny. And they, they become angry. Become angry. They become frustrated. They become jealous. Oh, not, not all by any stretch, but some. David had the opportunity to destroy Saul and snipped a little bit of his cloak and then was cut to the heart about it. That's in 1 Samuel 24 verse 6. And Joseph, the other one waiting in the wings, had the opportunity to go to bed with a beautiful woman, Potiphar's wife, and did not over in Genesis 39. What do we do in the, in the departure lounge? Well, we pray, but we do more than that. Well, we believe, yeah, but we do more than that. We stay right. We stay serving. And we get ourselves ready. One more. We believe with thanksgiving and contentment that God's way, God's time is best. The problem we have with God is we know that he's never late. Can you say amen? Our problem is we are determined for him to be early. We want him to be early. And we go around from place to place. Well, God's time is perfect, yeah, but where is he? I believe God knows best, but under our breath, but he sure is a bit late for me. How many of you realized, who've been walking with Christ for many years, that God does not possess a watch? How many of you realize that God doesn't seem to have the same calendar that you've got? You've got this calendar on the wall and you've got it marked out when everything is going to happen and God has not got that synchronized to his Google calendar. Whatever that means. God's ways are not our ways. Neither are his thoughts our thoughts. And this is going to take faith. When you don't see anything changing, it's going to take faith to say, you know what? I don't understand everything, but this I do understand, that all things work together together. For good. For those who love God. And that needs to be more than an underlined verse. That needs to be right inside your heart. Especially in the departure lounge. There's a whole bunch of people in Heathrow right now. and God bless them. It's not nice. And having been caught by the volcano ash cloud earlier this year, I do understand that you do want to travel. I understand that. But there's a reason why they ain't flying. It's because it's too dangerous. There's a reason why. It's not because the pilot is not there. All the pilots are at Heathrow. Right? It's not because the cabin crew are not there. With the odd one missing for snow problems, most of them are probably all there. All those pre-packed, strange airline meals are there. (coughs) The slightly effeminate steward is ready to sell you a Toblerone. And they're not cheap. But now you know what I want for Christmas the chocolate, I mean. Now they're all there. And God is there. And the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. We're not waiting on an angel to arrive. We're just waiting for the best time to fly. Philippians 4 verse 12. Paul writes these words. So important. And we, we, we goof this many times. Uh, but we must learn its power. Philippians 4 verse 12 says this. I have learned the secret of being content. In any and every situation. There's nothing more beautiful to the Lord. Nothing more beautiful to him than faith. Without faith it's impossible to please him. That means that with faith it is possible to please him. Do you know there were some people in the Bible. How many of you think Jesus is amazing? Yeah. But there were a few people in the Bible that actually amazed him. Jesus was amazed by some people. And the centurion in Matthew chapter 8 is one of them. And others who expressed faith. He was amazed, it says. He was amazed. While you're in the departure lounge, listen to me. Listen carefully. You have the opportunity to amaze God, by your thankfulness, by your thanksgiving, by your faith, that says, Lord, I don't understand and maybe I've got a few things wrong here, but I believe everything is going to work together for good because I love the Lord.